As a contractor, I choose hardy fiber cement because I've seen it outperform wood-based siding and other hard siding materials. The high quality craftsmanship translates into beautiful and durable results that leave our customers at GFidel extremely satisfied. Using Hardy Siding has significantly reduced my callbacks and warranty claims too. At James Hardy, we're here to support you. From training materials to resources that can help you generate a greater profit. Learn more about growing your business with us at jameshardy.com slash build. Welcome to this week's Wolves Fancast. David Evans here. It's just me and Richard Hobbs. Good evening, everybody. Yeah. Everyone seems to be struck down by the flu. Well, we're going to talk about, uh, obviously, Bournemouth at the weekend. The big uh, talking point with the referees and the red cards and stuff like that. Uh, and we'll preview the game against Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, let's get the most boring news of the week out of the way. That's Wolves have Fulham in the third round of the FA Cup. Away, uh, I think it's going to be weekend uh, January the third, fourth. Yeah, um, it was a bit boring, wasn't it? That, it was expected. Anti climax, yeah. isn't it? Um, but it was a bit expected, wasn't it? In the sense that we always seem to get middle order mm. championship teams. Yeah, yeah, I mean, unless you're going to get one of the big boys, mm. you're never going to be happy, are you? No. Um, unless, yeah, that or if you're someone who goes to a lot of away games and mm. you get like a League 2 side because one you can tick off the 92 ground you've been yeah, to. Exactly. Other than that, it's, you say, it's a bit of an anticlimax. Fulham away. We play them twice, well, say we play them twice a year. Yeah. You know, it's a team we're familiar with. Yeah. Um, it would have been a nice day out to have gone to Premier League club. Mm. I'm just glad we didn't draw West Brom. No, I, uh, I, when the draw happened, you saw like Blythe Spartans come mm-hmm. and you, that had Huge banana skin all over it, so yeah. you relieved we didn't get there. And West Brom obviously relieved about. Um, and Derby, when Derby came up, I was <laughs> like, not Derby away, not Derby away yeah. again. Um, but it's just one of those things where you'd love to have all. I mean, I would like to have had a Premier League team mm. at home, like the Man United and the Chelsea's. Yeah. Um, I'd have liked even sort of a middle order Premier League team, mm. even like a Newcastle or something like that. I mean, like, back it, in the day, I know. As a test, as it were. If we've yeah. got an okay enough squad, at least tests yeah. us for a potential next season, although that's slipping away by each game. Um, the, the, the only problem I find with having a lower-ordered team is that, it's again, it's banana skin, which is mm. all over it. And then you either have two things that come out of a cup match. You either have, when we win, when that ever happens, because when, <laughs> when we actually reach past the third round of any competition... People start talking about cup runs. But mm. when the majority of the time when we lose to lower league teams, it's like, oh, it's a disgrace. Oh, at least we can concentrate on the league now. Yeah. Cup run. I mean, the worry is that if we've drawn a team who are fairly similar ability to us, mm. you say about, well, it'll add an extra game to our schedule if the most likely chances yeah. will end up drawing and we again have to play another game sandwiched in between a quite competitive league run. Yeah, and then you get like um, a Tuesday night, uh, very home, cold January game. Yeah. Where, £15 yeah, and where only like about five people turn up yeah. and it goes to penalties and everyone's there an extra time going just please just, someone win just I don't all, care just yeah. someone win <laughs> think if it's nil think if nil nil in an FA Cup game both teams have to go out yeah 
or, yeah. or multi-ball. Yeah, just more half-time ball. Yeah. <laughs> throw loads of balls <laughs> of each and just the first one to score. Uh, so, yeah, FA Cup third round, Fulham away. Um, let's just see what happens with that one. Um, now it's time for my, probably becoming my favourite segment <laughs> yeah. of this podcast every it's week. A staple of the fantastic It now. is. Uh, African Cup of Nations <laughs> update, everybody. Uh, we need some kind of jingle yeah. for that. So, Marley have drawn Ivory Coast, Cameroon and Guinea in their group. I think it might be Group B in the African Cup of Nations. Um, now, I'm obviously no expert in the abilities of the African teams, uh, but to me, that sounds like a tough group. Yeah. I mean, Ivory Coast are always tipped to do well in the World mm. Cup, and it never happens. With some of the players they've got, like Drogba and Torre and uh, Bonies, and obviously mm. in there this time. Cameroon were obviously in the World Cup. Yeah, I mean... You're looking at two teams who managed to make it to a World Cup, mm. and I'm guessing two go through from each group. I would, I would presume it's like, yeah. a, like a standard the, international knockout. Yeah. So it's going to be tough for um, tough for Mali, but you've got Saka uh, and Dicko on your side. Who knows? I guess I guess Mali will look at that group and think if they can get a draw or a cheeky win yeah. off one of those two, um, you would think. Looking as an outsider on paper, Mali are the third best team yeah. in that group. Obviously, we don't know I, how no good you are, yeah. or whether technically Mali are better than Cameroon, or you yeah. don't know. But um, yeah, so all um, there. Obviously, January then is when yeah. we'll find out what goes on. Um, I don't know what the African combinations updates going to be next week. To be honest, we're, we're going to have to do a lot of search. <laughs> yeah. <we're gonna> <laughs> Squad selection updates or <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. Uh, so that's African Cup of Nations update for you. Um, and because we're going to go into those important bit of the podcast, that is news done for this week. Wolves are now five defeats in a row following a 2-1 home loss to Bournemouth at the weekend. But obviously the game was marred with a lot of controversy. Uh, the referee's performance, two red cards, and even Steve Morgan had his say to the referee at the end of the match. Um, but fans should take heart from what was a better performance in recent weeks. And the first bit we'll talk about, Wolves actually scored a goal yeah. and took the lead. Danny Graham finally got his goal. Um, a little fleeting header. Deft, Deft. It, I don't want to downplay the goal, but it did seem a tiny bit lucky to go in. But I think that's what we needed. Yeah, we? Um, it's got him off for Mark, hasn't it? And it wasn't the cleanest of contacts, but, well... It was against a good goalie. Um, mm. Boric made some really good saves in the first half, especially one from another Graham header, I think from a very similar situation about five mm. minutes before that. Yeah. And it almost took him to do something unconventional or fluky to beat him. Um, it's great to see Danny Graham getting a goal because I know the last few weeks it must be quite tough for him. Mm. There's um, a lot of pressure on him with yeah, Dico being out. Yeah. And, you know, he hasn't exactly had the greatest service, especially mm. against Brentford. Um, so it was nice to see him actually get off a mark for the Wolves. Wolves seemed quite in charge and comfortable up until obviously VLP's red card, which we'll talk about. Um, was it probably the best performance in recent weeks? Yeah, I'd say. Right. Yeah, I think. I'm trying to think. In the five games we've lost on the bounce, it's the best I've seen us mm. play the home games at least. Um, it's quite interesting because I thought we did set up quite differently. Obviously, mm. we played Van La Power as sort of a attacking midfielder mm. sort of almost off the striker and just the number 10 yeah it was like he wasn't sort of linking up players such he was just doing a lot of the running around mm. um, and exploiting the space um, which Graham seems to be quite good at creating between mm. the defenders 
It was a very attacking lineup, wasn't it? it I mean, was, Edwards was, obviously with McDonald yeah. um, in that, you know, that, those holding roles which you wouldn't expect. Mm. I mean, I, I thought it was a little bit of a gamble at first to mm. put Edwards there, but I mean, I know I saw a lot of people slating him on um, Twitter afterwards, but I thought Edwards did quite well there. Mm. I mean, sixty minutes onwards, I mean, most of the players were non-existent because of the sending off, and it, we weren't really set up for it. But I thought Edwards did quite well doing, obviously, because he's got the engine yeah. on him and he closed down the play and sort of, even if he didn't make the tackle, he at least moved them out wide. Um, I know Son said to me on Twitter, he made no tackles, he did nothing all game. Made second most tackles, second most interceptions, um, second highest pass completion rate. Stats. In your face! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> beat him with numbers. <laughs> um, Valapara, who I thought, again, played particularly well. Um, it seemed to me when I when I saw the lineup initially, it was very reminiscent of, um, and I can't believe I'm actually making this comparison. Um, McCarthy's last game at Wolves, where we were very desperate to get that win against West Brom, not mm. just because it was West Brom, but because we needed to win a win, game. Yeah. And he literally put off the most attacking mm. side he could. And to me, that without Dicko, that seemed like the most attacking starting eleven Wolves could do. Yeah, um, you know, he did sort of go out a bit. Almost organs blazing, mm. but you said so. He didn't. Like, we didn't hold back. We didn't sort of think. I know he brought Price back into the squad. Mm. He could have easily sort of put Price in there and put Evans a bit further forward and been a bit more mm. had a defensive player slightly further up the pitch. But it, I thought it was a sort of quite bold mm. lineup by Jack because he's not been time to play quite an attacking yeah. direct formation. Um, and I think I felt compared to sort of how we started at the start of the season where we did sort of do a lot of keep ball. Bournemouth are a very good side, and they do probably have the highest percentage possession in the league. I think it's us still, amazingly. Derby and Bournemouth, who I think up there in terms of keeping the ball. Stat attack right yeah. there. I don't even have any stats on me right now. I don't even have my notes. It's all in your head. Yeah. It's all there. Um, so, I mean, it was always going to be tough, especially with our form to keep, um, to have a lot of possession. So I think we did set up very well to counteract that. And I think, so we've been looking for a plan B and I think mm. we almost might have found it. Um, you mentioned uh, just before we started recording that, um, and, and I, I noticed a tiny bit in the game as well, that Wolves weren't really doing the possession play mm. that they used to. It was more that... It was, we were just trying, we were getting it forward quite quickly, mm. I felt, um, which isn't a bad thing. And it wasn't, I didn't think we were doing hoofball, but it was a bit more counter-attacking and... I thought it worked. Has that shown then that obviously there's been, you know, we've talked about it as well, there's been a lot of criticisms of uh, Jacket that he hasn't got a plan B, that Wolves can't seem to play a different formation. Did that kind of, did Jacket ever so slightly answer his critics there that Wolves did play something different? Possibly. Um, I mean, it might have been due to the fact that we didn't have Ed, I mean, it's, Edwards wasn't playing in the attacking midfield mm. role and sort of how he plays it is obviously very different to how someone like Van der Power would play it. Because um, obviously Van der Powell is a lot quicker, and he can just exploit mm. pace. And it doesn't matter who he's against; he's going to probably beat them. Mm. I think it gives us another option, mm. and we know that we do have speed in the final third. Um, without Dicko, we did look like we were struggling to have any sort of mm. pace going forward. But I think if you've got Van der Powell and Sacco mm. at least behind him, yeah. as well as Henry, you have got that bit more speed going forward. I just think that. 
there's a part of me that thinks that when Dicko comes back, which hopefully could be against mm. Wednesday this week, if you somehow are able to fit Dicko in that attacking lineup, we could be quite scary yeah. again going forward. And it's quite exciting to think that the potential is there again, especially if somehow Dicko and Graham can connect as a, a striking pair. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know Van der Power won't be will be able to play on Saturday. Mm. Um, and he did have a very good game. Um, but he's not a finisher. Um, I think that that was <laughs> that's pretty, been quite evident, isn't it? Yeah, for the last few um, I think they need Jackie needs to implement a rule where, he, whenever he gets the ball, he's always got to have a man in front of him because mm. he he get no he does he can't finish. He did a lovely little Rabona though. I, I do like him. Mm. Um, it's almost like in um, I'm going to go back to FIFA here when you do the training. And you do the target practice yeah. where you like you, you you press B for the penalties and you get the circle. You have to have it. It's almost like he it's, needs it's, it's, yeah. like a radar, like a little laser pen mm. on his on his head. So when he's having a shot somewhere, it can automatically track yeah. where it's going to. He can position it, and there we go. Um, the uh, something obviously notable in the starting lineup was Dominic Iorfa. Hopefully, yeah. I've said that right. And made his day. Be quite a surprise. Did quite well for his debut. Yeah. Because he's coming to a team in which was on this massive rot, coming up a very good, you know, flying Bournemouth team. Mm. So to come into that team and make his debut was a bit of a a big ask for him. But he seemed to take it in stride. He stepped up really well. Um, Sort of first couple of minutes, obviously he looked a bit nervous Mm. and his touch wasn't there. Um, But he grew into the game. Um, He did everything you'd sort of want defensively. to start with, so like he did, uh, you know, first half or well, for the first half an hour, he was a bit withdrawn. He didn't rejoin really in the attacks mm. as much. He did very much stay back, um, but he really grew in confidence. And uh, you know, I think the crowd definitely helps his teammates. Um, it's really nice to see at half time. Mm. Actually, um, I think it was Henry, Stearman, and I think Edwards came over and sort of congratulated him at half time, mm. or at least were chatting to him at half like made a very conscious effort I thought of going over and chatting to mm. him and giving him a lot of support and you know I know a few people have seen him in reserves and stuff say so he's got a lot of talent um, he's not a finished article yet by mm. any stretch and there's still some probably quite obvious things he needs to improve on but it was a really good start for it's, him it's quite funny because the the attention has all, all, has all been on Courtney House mm. about him getting a start and so, you know then all of a sudden out of nowhere you were like oh right Wolves started. Yeah. This is a bit out of the blue. Wolves obviously went on uh, to half time one 0 up. Uh, continued the second half, and then obviously the big moment happened, uh, which was uh, Van Lepara's red card. Now uh, it has now been rescinded, mm. so he can play against Sheffield Wednesday. Thank God. Um, but obviously that was a big controversial moment. Mm. Um, uh, Mike Jones said that he led with his elbow. It was a weird bounce. Oh, yeah. And he yeah. jumped up for it. And I, when you watch it back, you can see... I, I'm, I'm not trying to defend Mike Jones at all, but you can see I, what he means yeah. by the I, elbow. But it's not red card. No, I mean, I thought he sort of did lead with the elbow at first. Sort mm. of. I know a lot of people around me say he's hit him with his head. I thought possibly elbow. I mean, even on the replay, it was... I know you could see... It was, I always found it a bit inconclusive. Mm. From that one angle you've got sort of side on... Because I know a lot of people would do it showing a still of where mm. their head's touching. But you could also do one where he's got his arm up in line with his head. Mm. Um, so, I mean, he didn't have a good game, uh, Mike Jones, by any respect. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, that's probably a segment in itself. Yeah. 
but it must have been say quite a tough decision it must have ha- it does happen very quick mm. and we've had the benefit of replays and we're biased as well which doesn't really help should but uh, as was, i say it was a funny bounce it, it sort of should sat he, up didn't yeah. it should he have gone and headed it though should he have left it for the defender or was that just Van Lampara good eagerness to try to I, th- I think he was very eager and he saw the ball to he won and I'm guessing he thought if I can get a nod on this mm. the defender's going to go through me mm. and I'm going to get a free kick and he's going to be in trouble at that mm. point um, or get a three from what I can remember get a free run and goal yeah, as well um, you know so he did gamble as such and you know he kind of wasn't exactly that far off getting the mm. header, you know. He just caught the guy instead. Um, and then obviously that changed the game completely. Wolves oh, went down to ten men. Bournemouth came back into the game um, greatly. And when you look back on the highlights, you kind of realise how unlucky those goals are for Wolves. Yeah. I mean, the first the equaliser is a very lucky um, deflection, which mm. had a massive amount of speed on it. And the second goal. You can tell that wolves, li- wolves were literally throwing yeah. bodies. I mean, I, I mean, Stearman, yeah, head Ste- off the line. Yeah. There were like four or five. Again, it, the only criticism which I would say would be yeah. this thing of organisation defence, which we've mm. talked about, where it seemed that like I think uh, about four or five people around Akimi, and they all charged. Obviously, which you would do against mm. that the player who obviously scored the winner for Bournemouth, but it. It just seemed wool still, it, it despite bit, throwing bodies, they yeah. seemed all over the place again. Yeah, I mean, sort of at that point, just they, everyone was sort of not really thinking at mm. all and was just, I see the ball, I'm going to trust, try and do anything to yeah. get it away from goal rather than almost taking a step back. Yeah, you know, almost you did need someone a bit more level headed, mm. uh, just take a step back and just calm everyone down. Mm. And, it was so unlucky. It, so, it was so tough. I, I mean, t- I think even Bournemouth said when on. What, I think on Twitter or Facebook, when they sort of uploaded the highlights, said we might have won two one, but have a look at Stearman's um, goal on clearance for the second. Because, mm. but at the same time, you say he got ahead on it, but and he stopped it from going in, obviously. But we didn't then get it out of the box. We didn't mm. then clear our lines at all, um, which is and Akimi, Akimi came up and tried to punch it away, and it seemed like he was unable to because of the players. Yeah. Around him, I don't know whether that he was in a position that he could have caught it mm. or not. I think we'll talk about obviously Mike Jones's performance yeah. in a second, but that was just as infuriating. The fact that potentially those cards had cost us the match, with the fact that the goals were conceded, were just very unlucky. Yeah, I mean it was definitely quite tough to take because mm. um, you could see how much it meant for players mm. conceding those goals. We saw Stearman. Um, uh, yes. When he conceded, when the second one went in, he was kicking the crap yeah. out of the net because yeah. he was obviously he was furious. Um, you know, it's, I say it was nice to see. That's, yeah. It wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> but in other in recent weeks we've been conceding five goals and mm. well heads have dropped. Yeah, wherever. heads have dropped, and it what and the reaction possibly wasn't there as mm. such um, afterwards, and you could see sort of how motivated they were to get something out of that game and it was obviously very disappointing for them mm. to have got that far and then all of a sudden a wrong decision has potentially cost them the game because Bournemouth probably would have got uh, might have gotten an, an equaliser mm. even if we had Van Le Power still on but 
It's it's tough. It's tough. Um, the let's talk about the other red card, Doherty, uh, which hasn't been rescinded. Mm. He'll now serve a, a three-game ban. Again, it, it didn't seem. I don't know where a red card came from. Yeah. Even if potentially had a push a yellow, but I don't know where a red card came from. I mean, le- I mean by the letter, but by the little by the letter of the law, it could have been deemed excessive force. But mm. he clearly got one foot on the ball. Mm. His trading leg, I think, as Jacket Scott was passive, so it just took out the player. It wasn't that he went in with his studs. It mm. was how you normally tackle you, you the He won the ball, basically. Yeah, he won the ball cleanly and then sort of tripped up the man on his way through. It was a very strong challenge. Let's talk about um, Mike Jones' performance now because obviously you'll get games where the referee, you know, decisions don't go our way mm. and you'll think the referee's had a bad game, but the referee's performance on Saturday kind of took that to a whole new level. <laughs> yeah. What was it then about his performance apart from the red card? Why was it such a, it, a poor referee He just seemed to lose control of the game. Um, you could argue even before the red card um, because Bournemouth were going into some very strong challenges. I mean, compa- like Doherty's um, one way he got sent off for. For Bournemouth players, we were going with just as much force and winning the ball or even sort of not even winning the ball or um, even catching the man just were throwing themselves in and I think Bournemouth could have probably had a pair or two sent off as well and they, they were lucky too in that respect um, but he did lose control of the game I know it doesn't really help because I can't really be too unbiased about mm. this because obvious, and you know everyone's everyone in the stadium obviously if he makes a decision even if it is a clear free kick to Bournemouth so late in the game, they're everyone, gonna be everyone's they? good. Everyone was sort of um, getting angry at him, but he did try and sort of remain borderline unbiased. <laughs> um, but he really did seem to make some felt like quite poor decisions against us. And it wasn't just for two red cards, it did seem to be pullbacks here and pullbacks there, which mm. it didn't feel like he was giving to the opposition as well, um, especially in terms of the cards. Um, and you say, sort of, he had previous last weekend booking Aguero for getting kicked in the box. Um, the, obviously, the other big thing that came out of the game was the uh, unusual touchline appearance from Steve Morgan, who uh, vented his frustration, let's say, towards Mike Jones. He had to be like, kind of paraded <laughs> off by about four or five security guards. Yeah, have to be paraded off by security guards and then get a police escort out of yeah. the ground. Um, um, no. Obviously, afterwards, I don't know where to. I don't know actually. I don't know where to feel, stand with Steve Morgan and his and his kind of touchline rant, because obviously, since what what's happened, he's been charged by the FA. Mm. It's um, from what stories are around, it's going to be a fine. Um, now, some people have called it passionate. You know, he's caring about the club. He's venting his complete frustration of the performance and how mm. how potentially the referee's decisions have massively influenced the game, or for someone in his position. It's completely unprofessional, and he shouldn't be in that position like McCarthy mm. against Liverpool when he goes into the dressing room and, and has a go. I'm half and half with this. I, I kind of I'm glad that I saw Steve Morgan do that, and I think in, in a sense, with all the results, we needed to see something like that and have some kind of unity see, with sort of the powers that be, especially yeah. sort of with all the transfers, well, yeah, non-transfers anyway. But at the same time. You do look at it and think, should he really be doing that? Yeah. Should he just keeping his distance and then potentially let the, the, the people who need to have those mm. go, the fans, 
have a say. I don't know what your thoughts of Morgan's I, I think tirade. It, yeah. Um, the way I see it, which possibly isn't the right way, in kids' football... Here we go. <laughs> Deep yeah, analysis here. Yeah, but... Okay, he's not a dad to a players. <laughs> but... You sent off muscle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, could you? <laughs> um, you know, you if I was in charge of a team and a parent or something had to go over ref to that extent, you wouldn't want them in that. Uh, you wouldn't want them there. Mm. Um, at the same time, it was almost nice to see yeah. because he said it did show that he cared. Um, but I did feel it was. I don't even like to say the word unprofessional because mm. he's not getting paid. Um, that's not the point. Um, it's a whole yeah. other conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, I think it was a tad classless. Mm. I think that's probably the best way of describing it. It um, seemed like it was a very much a heat at the moment thing, wasn't yeah. it? He, like he all, all the snapped, fans, didn't he? Yeah, were um, very frustrated. I think everyone could tell how important potentially this rule was going to be and how we were, get, we were getting to a significant result for our season of turning things around. And I think, like, I think if a lot of fans had the opportunity, they yeah. would have done the exact same thing. And I think Steve... Um, I hate to say for the first time because I think mm-hmm. that's unfair but Steve was almost acting as a Wolves fan he may not be necessarily be a Wolves fan yeah. personally and privately because he's but even though he's the chairman of the club but he was acting as if he was one of us one of us Yeah. and he was you know our kind of anger was channelled through his mm. ability to be able to go to I'd, the I'd, I'd almost prefer it to be one of the players or even Kenny Jacket mm. to have been Sent off, whatever you call it, for foul and abusive language, yeah. rather than our chairman come down and say it. And I mean, we say passionate, but if someone like Roman Abramovich had done that at Chelsea, or it was a foreign owner, I can't imagine the reaction to it as being as almost because we always view it as positive. A lot mm. of people in sort of like, oh yeah, he's just shown a lot of passion. He's shown how much he cares. If it was someone like Roman Abramovich, um, I don't think it would have got the same reaction, especially amongst the press, because it seems to have sort of been covered mm. quite nice. I think it would be interesting to see what would happen in that case, because I'm wondering whether actually with a foreign owner, it would gain more positive reaction, just because our foreign owners is this stereotypical yeah. kind of, oh, they're just in it to make money, they give money, they're, mm. they're there, and then they just sack a manager when nothing's going right. Whereas in some ways... Steve Morgan's kind of defending his team, his, his club yeah. that Wolves are, are his club, and he's kind of defending them, and he's not just there sitting back and I, jacket. You've lost again. You're out. Mm. It's somebody tried to make a parallel the other day to um, the McCarthy thing with with, mm. with, with, with against Liverpool. It, it, it's technically completely different because in that case he was angry because Wolves had lost because they played poorly, whereas in this case like, Morgan yeah. was trying to defend the actions. I, I don't think it was right for him to do that because of the position he's in and the level of responsibility he has. Mm. Um, and he can, he can say sort of what he wants after, afterwards or even in his, to whoever he wants. But I think to come onto the pitch like that, mm. you know, he shouldn't... I know he didn't technically, but he shouldn't be stepping over the lot, mm. um, onto the pitch to say that. Mm. Uh, you know, almost he could say what he wanted down the tunnel or whatever, but it mm. did seem to have made... He almost made a real point of it. Yeah, it's to almost... To come out, yeah. out of the tunnel as mm. well. It's almost um, like, although he's the chairman, he still has a line of which he needs to yeah. follow and the rules of being in a club that where he's technically allowed. 
Okay, he probably is allowed anywhere. Yeah. He's the chairman. But technically, in the grand scheme of things, there are a lot of the dressing room. He's Unless yeah. Wolves win a fantastic, significant win, hmm. he needs to stay out of that and leave no, that to Jackie. Yeah, so I'm not saying he shouldn't. You say I think that he should have sort of regular contact with the manager mm. and even the players, even mm. if it's sort of going into a dressing room before a couple of home games and stuff like that. Because mm. um, I know the old uh, Reading chairman, John Majewski, I think he pretty much used to go in before every home game. Mm. Um, but I think to come out onto the pitch, I did show a. So you can look at it two ways. You can say it's very passionate mm. and it showed that he did care. He wasn't just at the club to sort of pocket money, if yeah. that's what you think. Um, but I do feel that he should have known better. And it, it's not the right way to react. And it, it did show a little uh, not much class mm. for me. I think what it's shown is... Um, as a fancast, we're once again sitting on the fence. Yeah. Fancast <laughs> fence. Yeah. Fancast fence. Um, it's another, unfortunately, despite the referee performance, despite what, what what happened with the red card, it is another defeat. Yeah. You would think it's very undeserved, but it's five defeats in a row now. Wolves down to 13th. Um, but we should take a lot of heart from that performance. It seemed like a significant turnaround. I know we saw mm. a good performance in the first 20, 30 minutes against Brentford. This was a larger extent of a, a good performance. We've got 60 minutes this time. Yeah, <laughs> we're building. <laughs> we're building by every half hour. So technically, by Wednesday, <laughs> yeah. by, by uh, Wednesday on Saturday, yeah. which is a weird sentence to say, by Wednesday on by Saturday, Saturday yeah. we should get to the 90 minute mark. Yeah, but it was more. It was a better. It was more. But we, we seem to be getting somewhere now. Well, definitely, I think there's sort of being a sort of steady progress because mm. I think first game we lost was against Ipswich, wasn't it? Um, was it Ipswich? No, Rotherham. No, in, uh, in the run. run sorry, in, in the run, run, yeah, yeah. Ripped, yeah. It was Ipswich, and from what I heard, we were piss poor. Mm. Um, then Derby, I think we were just as bad. Forest, when we lost 3 0, I think there was points where we thought we might, we were sort of flickering, I mm. think. They say, I think first 25 minutes against Brentford, I think it's sort of, we have been slowly working up to it, mm. and it has been a tough run of games, I think. Um, it's all been four, back, yeah. Yeah, on. I think four out of five teams are in the, um, in the top mm. four, aren't they? Mm. And you've got Notts Forest who, on their day, are brilliant, and on mm. their day, they're crap. Um, and it's all been about that first goal as well. Yeah. As soon as the first goal goes, we drop it. Whereas this time, we got the first goal and held our own, and mm. it seemed like we could have got the victory. But hopefully, we can now take that into the next game, which is Sheffield Wednesday, and hopefully, won't be as much controversy yeah. <laughs> uh, going to this one. <laughs> So then, on Saturday, Wolves take on Sheffield Wednesday away at Hillsborough. Um, they're just above us in the league, in 12th. Uh, their five-game record so far is loss, two draws and two wins, so they're undefeated in four. Um, they've got um, Their top scorers are May, and I'm going to hopefully say this right, Nahui, I think, uh, with five. Um, is it what's May surname? What's that? Steve, for, is it it's Steve Steve, May. Steve you made yeah, from, was it St Johnston they bought him from or Dundee? It was a Scottish club. He's one um, of the Scottish teams. Yeah, um, he's got a long, a lot of hair, long dreadlocked yeah. hair, hasn't he? Um, is there anyone else we know? He looks from? like he was an extra in Braveheart. Yes, yeah. basically, yeah. basically. <laughs> um, anyone else we know from Sheffield Wednesday? Because I, I was looking at the team uh, sheet online and I saw Royston Drathy. 
Yeah. Is it Royston? Uh, Royston Drenthe. Royston yeah. Vasey. Yeah. <laughs> little league gentleman there, people. Um, Royston Drenthe, he was at Everton, wasn't he? He was at uh, yeah, he was he at Real Madrid. Yeah, he was like a, on loan from Real Madrid. Yeah. I don't know how the mighty have And fallen. then he went to, he was at Reading last season, and yeah, Sheffield Wednesday now. Um, it's safe to say if you look at the clubs he's now, well, he was at and now he's mm. at, he's a bit inconsistent. Yeah. Um, Oh dear! I say last season they had um, Antonio, who's now tearing up the forest, mm. um, and now got drunk. Um, we've got a run of games coming up now. We've got I think we've got um, Brighton at home in a couple mm. of weeks, where they're not in a good run either. I think, I think I'm sure I saw on a, Bram, a, a Brighton fanzine. Sorry, they've only won three in the last 22 games, wow. which means that obviously they're due a win against us. Yeah. Um, but we've got a run of games now where we've had this block of teams who are up there. Who've destroyed us? Mm. We've now got a run of games where we can pick. We can. We can't. Yeah. Pick up, but the scary thing is, we can't pick up points, it's and we keep point. losing. the The worry thing is, we can't beat teams yeah. that we realistically should be beating. When's this win going to come from? Yeah, I mean, fingers crossed. It's there's no reason why we can't win on Saturday. Mm. Um, we almost just need to pick up a win or a draw mm. now, and just almost cut cut it off now. Yeah. Um, just stop it's, the right anyway. Yeah. Just even a nil nil, just, just even a point. Something just to get us any form of um, momentum. Yeah, pointage. Yeah, yeah pointage. Uh, <laughs> um, team for Saturday because obviously at the time of recording this, there's been no news of whether Dicko will be back. Mm. Um, so let's talk about whether Dicko is fit. Would you start him straight away or no. keep him on the bench? Oh, I'd definitely keep him on the bench because he keeps having this recurring injury mm. and I don't. I just don't see the point in risking him. Hmm. I know that we're not really scoring a lot, but I think if we can keep the front four who we played um, at the weekend, I think that's more than enough hmm. um, without having to risk Sacco. No, not Sacco, Dicko. Hmm. Um, and his dodgy hamstring. Hmm. Um, Do you play that same team then? Because I'm wondering, because it's away, yeah. is it a bit of a risk to play uh, such As an attacking bold. team? Um, Do you maybe... Take well, we're gonna. I mean, the defense is gonna have to change. Mm. Um, well, obviously, because obviously Doty is yeah. out, um, but who, obviously, Doty's been with Bart, has been one that has been probably in every single yeah, team sheet. So, much. does this mean that House comes in, or do you swap off around, or does Ricketts come in as a it's, standby? Yeah, it's, and you've got Rowe sort of fourth choice at that point. It's another it's, defensive. Um, Line yeah. change. We we can't seem to keep consistent I mean, defenders. I mean, it was bold to start having uh, Doherty at left back. Mm. I don't think he's ever played for us there before. Um, you say we need to get a level of consistency mm. in the back four. And problem is now we're going to be out. Um, Doherty's out for three games. Mm. Um, well, Ricketts then sounds like the the obvious choice yeah, to come straight I think, in. I think I'd probably play Ricketts. But we seem to concede um, a lot of goals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whether that's his fault or not, I don't know. But no. we seem to concede a lot of goals when he's in the team. Um, I'm wondering whether because it's obviously away. I think Price. I'd, I think I'd probably stick Price back in mm. there. Um, I, I, for one, thought Edwards did quite well, and I think um, McDonald had probably his best game I've seen him play in months. Um, and I think that was a lot to do with Edwards relinquishing McDonald of a lot of defensive mm. responsibility, um, so he didn't have to almost sit as deep and try and win the ball back. He did have a bit more freedom mm. to sort of play a little bit further up, and I think that must. I think possibly it was down to his own performance anyway. But I do think having someone like Edwards in there 
and I think I talked about this last week, how him and Evan sort of were doing a bit of a job each, and it's probably better to have someone to do that one job mm. um, and leave McDonald um, to play his game. Um, I would probably bring in Price, though. Mm. Um, you say, because we're away from home, possibly gives us that bit more of a defensive... Mm. And say, I think if we've got the 4-4... Four, four, well, we're basically playing with four forwards mm. and the way Van der Power was playing. Um, so I'd probably keep... I'd probably bring in Price for Edwards and have the same front four going forwards. Can you believe the last time I played Sheffield Wednesday was when Dean Saunders... Was in charge. Yep, it was. Um, I think it was around this time of year, or it might be the new year. It was. A, it was his second game in charge. It was another draw, nil nil. Um, <laughs> we had because um, I remember going to that game, and it was such a cold day, and it was such a boring game mm. as well. Uh, I think Cassidy played up front, or he came off the bench. Um, I know that he nearly scored in the last few minutes, and then we had people like Pesco. Still knocking, best go still knocking oh. about. Podolski's best mate. Yeah. Um, but that's like yeah. To, just think the last time I played for was at Hillsborough. Wow. Or in general, was in the in the Dean's in the era of Dean Saunders, which will forever. Yeah, the forever be known as the era of Dean Saunders. So, it's again. I think Sheffield Wednesday. They're obviously unbeaten in four, but mm. they're 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 beatable. They're beatable. They're one of those. Middle order teams aren't yeah. they? And if Wolves need to, I know it's away, but if Wolves need to get a result, any kind of result that means points, it's doable. It's very doable, yeah. and I, I will, be disappointed if we lose a game. Yeah, I really will be disappointed. I think the way we played on for, for the first hour mm. at Bournemouth, um, I'd be very annoyed, and you'll probably hear me next week when <laughs> this time next <laughs> <Yeah>. week. Um, <laughs> There's no reason we can't get anything out of this game. Mm. Um, But, God, we need that point. We need need a pointage on the (laughs) pointometer. What do you think then? Predictions for Saturday. Um, Away to Hillsborough, Sheffield Wednesday. What are you thinking, Richard Hobbs? I don't think I've ever come on here and said that we're not going to win, I think. Mm. You unfortunately got the score the wrong way around. I know. At 1 0, I was hopeful. And then when it went 1 0, I was like, <laughs> hang on a second. <laughs> Started ready to get the text going. Yeah. Um, no, 1 0 Wolves. Who are you going to go for? Um, Sacco. Sacco free kick. Um, I don't think. I, I want to get the win, but I don't think it's going to happen yet. Mm. I think potentially Brighton. So I'm going to go for a, a, a 1 1. A 1 okay. 1 draw. Everyone calms down. We get a point finally. People start going crazy on Twitter that because we've actually not lost a game, we all go, okay, that's fine. Or do we say, Yang won six? Yeah, it'll be that point. <laughs> yeah. But we've got, we got the moral victory. Yeah. We've got a point. Um, and that is where we're going to leave uh, this week's fancast. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks to our sponsors, Opera Creative. If you've got a, a website um, that needs building or if you've got a new a small business or a new business and you want to get a new website, check out operacreative.com your website building needs follow us on twitter at wwfc fancast facebook walls football fancast show and check out our latest blogs and opinion pieces on wallsfancast.com we'll be back next week to look back at that game against Sheffield wednesday and preview the game against brighton i am right hopefully yes yeah. brighton uh so for this week it's uh, a bye from richard bye everyone and it's bye from me we'll see you next week <laughs>